coughing back and forth. And the reason for that was it was something that was sprayed by mistake that um, saturated the atmosphere. It was pepper spray. So um, people were calling me and say, I'm praying for you. <laughs> but let me tell you what happens with that too. That's why we have to get an understanding because when you begin to speak things that you think is going on, then those things begin to launch at a person. So by people thinking I was sick and speaking that against me, right after that incident, the next week, I started coughing. So we bind all of that, even in the atmosphere. So we have to be careful with our words and what we say and how we say it. So that's what was happening last Sunday, amen? So we give God glory that that's been cleared up. We're still here, we're still praising God, and God is still a wonderful Father, is he not? So Father God, we honor you in this place on today. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you, God, that you're already doing a work, even amongst your people today. God, I thank you that on today, people are ready to receive your engrafted word with meekness because we know that your word is able to save our souls. So, Father God, every attack and every assignment that the enemy is sending out against us today verbally, physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, I bind right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that on the day that we're strengthened because the joy of the Lord is our strength, We are the healed of the Lord. I command healing in this place from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Be healed, be made whole in Jesus' name. Now, Father, as I go forth with the word, I thank you that the word comes forth with demonstration and with power. I thank you for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. I cannot do it without him. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. And for that, God, I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Turn with me to the book of Exodus, the fourth chapter, and let's see what God has for us on this morning. Exodus, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 29th verse. Exodus, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 29th verse. I believe the Lord has a word for his people. And as we get into the word, you will understand what the Lord is saying unto his people on today. Exodus 4, verse 29. We honor his word. Amen. Amen. And the word of God now reads in Exodus 29. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord has spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their afflictions, then they bow their heads and worship. Turn with me again to uh, chapter 5 and let's read verse 21. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge because ye have made our savor to be a harbor in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. Now flip over to chapter 6. And let's read verse 9. I'm going somewhere. 
And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. I want to talk about today, see, saw, faith. See, saw, faith. And when the Lord had given me that, I said, God, what are you saying with see, saw, faith? He says, faith that's going up and down, up and down. And he said, in the body of Christ, we have see, saw, faith. And when God was sharing that with me, God was going over many things. I don't know about in your life and also in my life dealing with seesaw faith, meaning that God would give you a word. And as God give you that word, you know, you're saying, God, I believe you. I, I trust the word that you're giving me. Then something pop up. And then all of a sudden, you don't trust the word no more that God has given you. That's what you call seesaw faith. See, the faith that God give us is God's kind of faith. God's kind of faith does not waver. God's kind of faith stays the same in spite of your situation. But what we have to understand is God has given us his kind of faith. According to um, Romans, the 12th chapter, it said that God has given all of us the measure of faith. So we have the same kind of faith. Every born again believer in this place has the same kind of faith. You cannot say that God has given me more faith than he has given you. No, he hasn't. But when I begin to operate and stand on the promises of God, you may see my faith looking greater than your faith. Why? Because I'm taking God and his word outside of how I feel or outside of what's going on around me. So all of us in here have the same measure of faith, but it's according to what you do with the faith that you have. Now, you have to know that God has given it unto you. You have it as a born-again believer. The reason why, because God said in order to believe my word, you have to have my kind of faith. All of us in this room are spirit-filled believers. We have the spirit of God on the inside of us. So everything in us represents God. So if you're trying to do anything outside of God, it won't work. Now, there is a natural faith. This natural faith that we have, we use it every day. We see a chair, we sit in that chair because we see that chair. We get in our cars, we crank up the car, we go where we want to go because we believe in that that car is going to take us where we're supposed to go. But this supernatural faith that comes from God, it believes in the unseen. It believes in what you cannot see. This is why the Bible says in Hebrews 1, now faith is, this is what faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So the type of faith that we have, we believe in in the unseen instead of the same. See, the type of faith that the world has is a natural faith. That natural faith say, I have to see it in order to believe it. But because we are supernatural beings and we come from a God who's over everything, who is the creator and who is the maker, whatever he says, I'm saying, yes, Lord, I don't have to have it in my hands to know that it's done because I'm seeing in the spirit. I'm not seeing in the natural. So when you focus more on the natural than you focus on the supernatural, this is what you're waiting on, natural. But you are not a natural being. You are a supernatural being, so you have to operate according to super, not natural. 
So when he was telling me about this um, seesaw faith, some of us think, you know, we got it going on because everything in our life is going good. You know, physically, you know, we just got checked out. They said everything in our body is right on point. You know, our bank look good. Y'all children not give. Come on, somebody agree with me. My bank looking good. My children ain't acting up. My job going well. Man, in the natural, I'm doing good. Right? So long as all of that look good, I got some joy. Y'all got money in my pocket, no aches in my body. Kids are respectful. Boss on the job is putting me up here. Y'all, I got it going on. But then all of a sudden, that body start acting up. And then you go in the man and saying, oh, I need something because I ain't used to this. I want you to get rid of this. I don't want this pain no more. So I want you to give me what you got to get rid of this pain. So that's natural, right? That's the natural thing that we do because we look to man to fix it because we say, this is what you go to school for. This is your job. I'm coming to you. I'm telling you what's wrong with me. You're supposed to tell me what I need to do to get rid of this, right? And then even with your money, when your money is acting a little funny, we're trying to find a way to get more money. This is natural. But I'm here to tell you, as long as you're here on this earth, Things are going to happen physically, mentally, financially, emotionally. You're going to have some things that's going to go on in your life. This is why God didn't just put you here on this earth to go on the scene. God said, I put you here on this earth to know that you go beyond the scene. You tap into the unseen. So when the scene begin to attack you, you begin to decree and declare what the unseen is going to do here on earth. But what do we do? We agree with the same because we say, come on, this is natural. When you get a certain age, your body's supposed to be doing this. But let me read you something. We're going to go on the word, right? If we're spiritual beings, what are we supposed to go on? Are you sure about that? No, I don't think so. Because if you're sure about that, I want you to listen at this, and I'm going to find the verse. Help me, Holy Spirit, because I know it's in the word of God because it's talking about Moses. And when Moses got old, his eyes weren't dim. Moses was actually healthy. And I think it's in Deuteronomy between 33, 32 to 34, somewhere in there. If anybody find it, let me know, but I'm going to move on. Just raise your hand if you find it. I know it's up in there. Because when, Mo oh, it's verse 7, 34, verse 7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. Listen at this. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural forces abated. How old was this man? 120 years. I believe Moses can do jumping jacks with the best of them. I believe Moses, he was still leading the children of Israel, y'all. He wasn't blind. He was healthy. So what do we do when we get a certain age? Well, off this coming in tonight. Well, you know, it's like this when you get a certain, no, that's what you say. But who are we? We are supernatural beings. Come on, people say, well, that was the old. But my God, if we in the new, we should be better. Well, you know, that was Moses. Come on, y'all. Jesus showed us a better way, did he not? 
And then the thing is, when these people walked through a desert, through the wilderness, the Bible said that their shoes and clothes didn't even wear out. There was not a feeble apostle, one among them. So I want to ask you a question. Why are we feeble and we got more than they had back then? Help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You are helping me. So we see that these people back then did not have what we have now. But I'm going to tell you what the problem with us is. We're going too much on the Internet. We're going too much on what man say you should be doing at this time. So we're taking them at their word, but we're not getting into the word to understand that he created us. Man didn't create me apostle. So God know more about me than man. And what God's going to do if he send you to man, he's going to hook you up with the right man to let you know I ain't God. I can give you this, but it ain't going to last. It just calmed down the symptoms. So we got to get to the root of why you hurt. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to send you through a tunnel. And it's going to review every part of your body. And whatever we see that don't look right, that's where we got to start. And we're going to work from there to see what we can put you on to alleviate the pain, but it ain't going to get rid of your pain. We just want to calm it down so you can make it. I want to do more than make it. I want to live this Zoe life. That God told me I had in him. So see I'm still talking about seesaw faith. A faith that go up and down based on what you hear. This is what's happening y'all. This is why the Bible tell us. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Faith come by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. This is why your body have to hear the word of God on a daily basis so it won't get confused when it hear negative. If you're not hearing the word on a daily basis, your body don't know what to do. One day your body is saying, I'm confused. One day you're telling me I'm healed. The next day you're telling me I'm sick. One day you're telling my mind that I'm, I'm financially prosperous and the next day you're telling me I'm broke so which is it I'm confused so I don't know how to stay steady y'all know what I'm saying God want us in the body of Christ to be steadfast unmovable always abounding in what the works of the Lord so we got to be steady and steadfast so going back to the Israelites and the reason why God took me back to these people It's because they were his covenant people. And God wanted them to have everything (coughs) he wanted them to have. So in order for them to have it, they had to hear what? The word of God. God is still good. The word of God is still going to go forth. And I'm going to do what God has called me to do. So we see the Israelites... They had to be taught. They were in Egypt for 430 years. Can you imagine when you're free, totally free, 
not oppressed, not going through bondage, not being harassed, and all of a sudden you put up under a taskmaster. You put up under somebody that you have to be a slave to. But God told Abraham, he told him ahead of time, he said they're going to be um, put in bondage for 400 years. He said, but they're going to come out. God gave him a word. He gave him a promise. Abraham was not even here to see that promise. But he took God at his word. So when they went into bondage to Egypt, they began to cry out to God. But understand, God said, after 400 and some years, you're going to come out. God does not change his mind, y'all. God does, no matter what the situation is, God said, I'm not going to change my mind. He said, whatever my words say, that's what it is. No matter what you go through, my word is not going to change. So they were in bondage. They cried out to God. God heard their cry. We hear this so much, but I want you to really take this in. God heard their cry. And when God heard their cry, he had to send man. I want you to understand, God does use man, but he don't use them outside of the spirit. Understand what I'm saying? God does use man, but he does not use them outside of his spirit. So he chose Moses. And y'all know when he chose Moses, he had to get Moses prepared to deliver those people. He had to prepare him to go to the people. So Moses got prepared. Moses had some weak areas in his life. How many of us right now today still have some weak areas? We still have areas in our lives that need to be developed according to the word of God. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't get into the word of God to get rid of those weak areas, the enemy is going to still be a taskmaster in those areas. He's still going to oppress you in those areas because you have not dealt with those areas through the word. So Moses had to be dealt with before he could lead the people. God had to show him that he was God. Moses had to stand before God. And when he stood before God, God said, this is holy ground. So he got to know God through that experience. And y'all know he showed him signs and he had to let Moses know, you know, that I'm sending you. I'm going to put my words in your mouth and you're going to give them to Aaron. So we're right there. So this is what he was telling the people. He said, I want you to get the elders together. The elders were the adult older men and they were over, you know, the different tribes. So he said, I want you to get them together and I want you to let them know the words that I'm giving you. So they got them together and God told Moses the words to give unto them. So they brought them together and understand this. They had to follow the pattern. They have to follow everything that God was requiring them to do. So they brought the elders together. They come together. Moses began to give the word. Well, actually, Aaron began to give the word that God had given Moses. As he spoke the word, it says that signs followed those words. Remember, God told Moses, he said, if they're not going to believe this, show them these signs. So he showed them the signs. And then after they showed them the signs, it said they believed. And they were so... Um, Oh, how can I say they was honoring God because they knew God had heard their cry because Moses and Aaron brought in the word. God has heard your cry. He has come down to deliver you from being oppressed, to deliver you from being in bondage. So that was the word that Moses was given unto the people. They said that they believe. Now, this is where I'm going. Y'all know when we get a good word, how many has got a good word from the Lord? 
Come on, all of us have gotten a good word, and that word made us feel good, right? That word brought us life. That word brought us hope. This is why God said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So those words give you life. They give you hope. They let you know we're going to make it. I don't have to stay in this place. And what God was telling me, he said, is some, even right now, are still in bondage, but you're born again. You don't even know that you have been made free. Because you're still holding on to some things that's keeping you in bondage. If you're holding on to fear, you're in bondage. If you're holding on to sickness and disease, you're in bondage. If you're holding on to lack, you're in bondage. But I'm here to tell you that God has sent a Savior that have freed us from all of that stuff. And once you grab hold to what God has done, you don't have to be in bondage no more. So Moses gave them the word. After the word comes, and this is where I'm going. Don't y'all know the enemy going to be mad? See, understand that when you speak the word of life to somebody, the enemy is waiting for death to come. So what he going to do, he going to come in and speak death. So what he did when they got the promise from God. See, this is what I'm telling you today. No matter how it look in your life, hold on to the promise. Hold on to the promise. God's word is not going to change, y'all. No matter what your situation is right now, what did his word say to you? What did his word decree and declare? What did he say? Have anybody ever got a spoken word from God? See, when you get a spoken word, a rhema word, that word come with revelation. That word come with illumination. And you can stand on that word. So God gave them a promise. And God was not going to go back on his promise. But this is what Pharaoh did. When they went into Pharaoh and they began to tell Pharaoh what God said. He said, who is this God? I don't know your God. Come on, you got people that are not born again, that have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and you speak in the word, they may be right amongst you, may be a friend. I don't know your God, you crazy, you better go check on that. So the enemy, he be coming in and he'll come in and bring negative things. So what Pharaoh did, the enemy got mad. He said, wait a minute, you coming in here and you telling me that I'm supposed to let these people go so they can go worship your God? Are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? I got these people on a mission for me. Where am I going today? Some of y'all are on a mission for Beelzebub. And you say. And he's saying, do you think, Apostle Amanda, I'm going to let you come up in the church and give that word and my people are going to be set free? Oh, yes, they are in the name of Jesus. See, this is why God bring you in the house of God to give you the word of God so you can be set free so you don't have to be in bondage no more. But you got to come off your high horse of pride and say, God, she's talking to me. So that's what Pharaoh said. He said, do you think I'm going to let these people go that's working for me? So what he does is once the word come forth, he said, I'm going to make it harder for him. So he said, what we have given you to make bricks, go find it on your own. They knew they couldn't find it. So they couldn't meet the quota. So what the taskmasters came in, they came in and beat the ones that was over them. So they come back to Moses, basically complaining to Moses and letting Moses know, since you come up in here, look what's happening in my life. Come on, have you been in that situation? You get a word from the Lord and you excited for that word. But all of a sudden trouble come and you begin to have seesaw faith. Your faith begin to fluctuate. 
It began to go up and down. Well, God, I, I know what you told me, but God, if you told me that, why is this happening? Let me give you a nugget today. Just because God gave you a promise don't mean something is not going to come up against the promise. See, everybody think, I got a promise and I'm okay. Yes, you okay, but you got to be able to stand on that promise in the midst of your opposition. In the midst of your trial, this is your promise over here. This is your opposition over here. You got to grab hold of this promise and say, even though this is happening over here, it does not change what he said. So you can't have seesaw faith. See, our problem is we grab hold to what's going on over here in the natural more than we're grabbing hold to the supernatural. And you're not seeing manifestation because you're letting go of God's word and holding on to the enemy and what he's saying. So they were letting go of that. So this is Moses as a leader. And I can understand Moses. Sometimes I can say, God, is it me? God, I believe I'm bringing the word that you want me to bring, but I'm still seeing some, some of them in the body of Christ stagnated. I'm still seeing some that is not holding on to that promise. So God, is it me? God, since I have bought this, it seems like there's more commotion in the church than it has been. God, when I preach on tithe, it seems like people get more slack and say, I ain't doing nothing. God, when I teach on this, it's like people are going more over here than they're going over here. So God, what is it? Same thing he told Moses, go back. Oh, Jesus. God, you want me to go back? He said, Moses, go back in to Pharaoh. But first he said, go back in and talk to the people. Moses went back in to talk to these people, y'all. And that was in verse um, the chapter six. And we see that the people were so discouraged, so downhearted, they wouldn't hear Moses no more. Ask yourself in this place, am I still here an apostle, Amanda? Ask your neighbor. See what you come up with. We get so discouraged that even when the leaders speak to you, and say, no matter what they do, God is still God. And he's still sitting on the throne. And if God said that he has come to deliver us out of this bondage, I'm already out of bondage, though they put more work on me. I'm going back. Do you hear your leader today? See, some of you ain't in connection with me. Some of you got a mind of your own thinking you know everything. You got to be put up under someone to teach you. Even on your job, you got to have someone over you to make sure you stay in line. That's order. But for some reason, we'll let man be our rule. Instead of let the one God called to lead you with his word, you'll put them down and you put man up here. Man say, you're not, you're going to work seven days a week. But if your heart is right with God, you're saying, God, I hear what man say, but you told me not to forsake the assembly, the fellowship. The coming together. Now that's your word. 
Now you said honor those that are in authority, but that's going against your word. So God, I'm standing on your word and I'm speaking. I haven't seesaw faith. I'm speaking that you're going to change man's heart. I'm speaking that you're going to change his heart because my heart is with fellowship. And I'm commanding fellowship. Not only on Sundays, but on Tuesdays as well. So I'm going to stand on that word. I hear what authority is saying over me. But you are my final authority. And that don't line up with the word. See, when you know what the word says, you're going to honor that word. You're going to do what the word is saying. God is going to hear your heart. And guess what began to happen? The boss began to change his mind. There go a witness sitting right over there. Boss began to change his mind. Why? And I have to use apostle for example, y'all. I have to use apostle for example. Now, apostle is an apostle. But she come in fellowship with us every Sunday, a long ways away. And apostle say, I ain't forsaking my fellowship. I know what they're doing, but that ain't what I do. Because that ain't the God that I serve. So she said, I'm going to honor God more than I'm honoring man. So she stuck with that. She would say, Apostle Man, I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I got enough vacation not to do it. I said, no, Apostle, you can't do that. God already got you fixed. So Apostle heard the word. She stood on the word. And I'm getting somewhere. She don't have to work on Sundays, right? But then God sent Apostle a word and said, okay, Apostle, you're going to have to choose. Because they're going to be a supervisor position. You're going to have to choose between that supervisor position and the position you're in because they're going to ask you about that position. They asked you about that position, did they not? So apostle had to sit there and say, okay, I know what a supervisor make. I know what I'm making. But God, what are you saying? What did God say? Hold steady. Because apostle said, they ain't changing my fellowship. Oh my, I was going to go back up here, but I got turned back around. (laughs) The reason why I got to do this is because when you hold tight with God, money don't move you. People don't change you. How tight are you? She held tight. So see, she didn't have seesaw faith. She already had a made-up mind because it was coming from her heart. She knew where her heart is. And I'm going to tell you something. God honors the heart so much that this woman got so much favor that even the supervisor, see how she's climbing up. He's the one that come to her and say, don't you want to fill out for a supervisor position? You know, uh, because she's honoring God on the job. And God gives honor where honor is due. So she's excelling more and more on the job. Why? Because she's putting God first. She's not having seesaw faith because the job has changed his mind. Just because the job changed his mind don't mean that you should change yours. Because you're still serving the same God. I'm going back. God didn't change his mind even though Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. So God said, Moses, go back in. First of all, to the people, and I want you to go back into Moses. But God already told Moses how it was going to be. See, this is why you got to have a relationship. He said, Moses, when you go back in, his heart going to be hardened. 
He ain't going to let the people go, shoot. I would have said, well, what you sending me back for? If you know this is going to happen, why you keep sending me back in there to this hard-hearted man? The reason being because God said he's going to know. See, he had to speak the same word, Evangelist Newton. He couldn't let go of the word. He kept repeating that word. Let my people go so they can sacrifice unto me. You know Pharaoh was mad, Sister Shirley. What you mean, your people? They're my people. They've been working for me for over 400 some years. They know me as their God. And you think I'm going to let them go to serve your God that I don't know? Uh Uh-uh, ain't going to happen. God say, that's okay, Moses. Go on back in because I'm going to show him some signs and wonders. I'm going to show him that I'm the only God. Because everything that he do, it ain't going to be above me. So Moses had to keep going back in. And guess what God was doing with Moses? Teaching him how to have strong faith. Teaching him how to trust him outside of what he see. See, there's the super, here's the natural. God say, you don't stay in the natural. You stay in the super, even though the natural is cutting up. I still want you to go in and speak what super is saying to natural. Because eventually, natural is going to change. How many plagues was it? Ten? Imagine Moses going, and this is funny, y'all. Moses go speak what God said. Pharaoh's heart got hard. When all them frogs and all that stuff come up in there, he go, Pharaoh, Moses, come back, Moses, speak to your, now he, now, now he talking about God. Go speak to him and get these frogs out of here. <laughs> Moses go speak to God, frogs clear out, Pharaoh go back to his man. Can I say something? We do just what Pharaoh do. Lord, if you pay off Visa, I'll be a better tither. Visa get paid off. You're supposed to be taking Visa money and sorting it into the kingdom. You're taking Visa money and sorting it into the independence mall. But you told God, if you pay off Visa, I'm going to be a better tither. Lord, if you pay my car off, I can give more to the kingdom. You check the books lately. So God is saying, okay. And then you get up, praise Jesus. I'm debt free. Oh, no man, nothing but to love him. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. And then they ask you for $10 for a play. I ain't got it. You need to sit down with that messed up testimony. Because why are you praising him for what he done when you're not sharing the blessing? That don't make sense to me. You're debt free and you don't want to give. And matter of fact, you should pay for five plates. You should come in here and say, here, Sister Darlene, I'm going to pay for yours, pay for your husband, pay for Sister Phyllis, pay for Sister Mary. God be the glory. God bless me. I'm going to bless others. Then the money come back to you because you're doing what the Bible said. God has made all grace abound towards me that always have all sufficiency and all things to abound to every good work that's a good work that's a good work that's a good work and that's a good work so I'm abounding to every good work praise God and I'm gonna go over and give it to Manny I ain't got no seesaw faith you can't tell nobody what God is doing and then you close your hands seesaw faith 
oh, by the way, I can't abound to you no more because I got a debt. I picked up a debt. It was extra, and I felt like I needed it, Brother Tyson. So y'all ain't getting abound no more. Don't look at me no more. <laughs> that door been shut. God don't work like that. So we're talking about seesaw faith. So Moses had to keep going in. And guess what, y'all? Finally, the people got free. When God took Pharaoh's firstborn, the people got free. They come out of bondage. Did not God keep his word? So guess what? If God done that, don't you know when he's taking them where he's taking them, everything is already taken care of? Same God, same God. He honors what? His word. So if he's honoring his word, shouldn't we honor him? Shouldn't we do what his word says? When we honor his word, we are honoring him because that's his word. So y'all know they're on their journey. They're in the wilderness. But guess what? I don't know about you, but I'll be happy. Man, I don't have to work for that slave master no more. I'm no more oppressed. I got it going on. I'm free. Y'all know that song, I'm free. No longer bound, no more chains holding me. My soul's arresting, it's just a blessing. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'm free. Cut it off right there. Why are you singing that? You look behind you and they go to the devil. You talking about your freedom. That's what they were doing, y'all. They come out of Egypt. They were free and they looked around. Here come Pharaoh. God sent Pharaoh to go get them peoples. Because God said, I'm going to show you that the Pharaoh you see today, God was setting up the enemy. You ain't going to see no more. But this is what these people done. They singing, I'm free, loving on Jehovah, giving God glory that they come out. When they saw Pharaoh... They begin to talk about their leader. Look at him, Moses. You should have left us in Egypt. What did we tell you? Leave us in Egypt. Let's stop right there. I didn't have to leave you. You could have stayed. That was your choice. God gave you a will. Why are you here? Go on. Go on back to Egypt. Go ahead. Leave us in Egypt. You should have left us in Egypt. Let us die there and bury us there. You know what they said. But Moses, the leader, began to stand up apostle. He began to give them what the word is saying. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Those that you see now, you won't see them again. So Moses had to come in and speak the word, y'all. But this is the thing. Moses was speaking the word to him, but God knew his thoughts. Because Moses was going to God. Telling him, he said, why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me, Moses? What's in your hand? See, God gave him that power and authority before he sent him to Egypt. He said, you got the power in your hand. He said, what's in your hand, Moses? He said, lift up that rod. Oh, my goodness. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. See, when things come hit you in your life, God has already given you something to defeat what's coming at you in life. He said, are you forgetting what I have given you? 
I have given you the power. I have given you the authority. Come on, the enemy is already defeated. The only thing he's using is what? Fear. He's using what? He's using schemes. He's using twisting my word. He said, but I have given you power and I have given you right and authority over him. So use your power. You tell the Red Sea to depart, Moses. So my people can walk on dry land. Let's stop right there. Let's pause. Ask your neighbor. Say, are you getting this? Say, are you really getting this? Because see, this is what God is telling you. Quit having seesaw faith. Quit fluctuating. He said, because if I said it, you should know it's already done, regardless of what you see in the natural. You don't go on the natural. You go on the supernatural. This is why it takes y'all spending time with God. See, because let me tell you something. God ain't going to let nothing sneak up on you. God is going to forewarn you of what's coming, and he's going to tell you what to do and how to do it. That's why you got to have a relationship with him. And when you come to him, don't come to him with a title. Come to him as his, as his son and as his daughter and say, God, I'm coming to you, not on my behalf, but I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. I'm coming to you on behalf of what Jesus have already done for me. And I'm coming to you based upon what your word is saying to me today. God, this is what's going on in my life. And God, you gave me a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I need some guidance right now. I need some help right now. I need for you to show me what to do in this situation. And guess what the Holy Spirit will do? He will bring a word. And as he bring that word, he said, speak that word over that situation. You tell that situation what God has to say. Y'all, let me tell you why it's it's what God has to say. Because God created everything. And you got to speak to what God created. Everything that God created hears from God. I'll give you an example. Even flowers hear from God. If you got a bunch of commotion in your house, flowers will die. Because they're created. By God, they're created out of love. They're created out of goodness. If you go to a flower and say, every time I turn around, you're just as dead as you ever going to be. These dead leaves off. I'm tired of pulling dead leaves off of you. You ain't no, I'm going to throw you away. You better start growing. The leaves begin to turn in. But when you go to that flower and you say, you have life in you. You were created from God. And God is life and life more abundantly. I speak that you shall grow, that your leaves shall be green, that when people see you, they know they see in life that has come upon upon you. And you keep in peace over that flower. Next thing you know, that flower begin to blossom. I don't know if Jennifer remember, I had a flower called Angel. And I had Angel beside my desk at work. Y'all, it was a lot of foolishness going on at work. But every day I would talk to Angel. And I would tell Angel, oh, you're so beautiful. Look at how you're growing. And Jennifer, remember those vines grew everywhere. Would go at beautiful plant. Because I spoke to Angel. Even in the midst of the commotion, I would always say, good morning, Angel. How are you? Oh, you're so beautiful. You are growing so beautifully today. And that flower got real big. But guess what I did? When I took Angel home, I didn't pay attention to Angel. I let angel die. Everything began to 
mess up because when I got home, I got so busy. You know, at work, you're there eight hours a day. When you get home, you're running all over the place. I wasn't doing the same thing with Angel, so Angel died. So what am I saying to you? It takes God's word for his creation. It takes God's word even for you to grow. And if you're not growing spiritually, it is because you're not in the word of life. Don't get mad at folk because they are experiencing the word, because they are honoring the word and they're doing what the word says. And even though things are going on in their life, they say, no, that's not what the word says. I'm going to honor the word. And most of all, in order for us to stay on the same um, page with God, we have to separate ourselves from people that are not connected to the word. So if you believe in God for healing and you know the word say by Jesus Christ, you are already healed. You don't want to get with the person that tell you if you don't check that out, you're going to die. That's just common sense. That just don't look right. That's ugly. Look like it's in fact, get out of my house. Get out of my house. Well, you're going to see your leg going to come off. The devil is a lie. I retract that in the name of Jesus. Now, don't do like apostles say. How about your leg fall off? Apostle <laughs> said, my leg ain't going to fall off. How about your leg fall off? Apostle was bold. She must come out of one of them cities that she retract quick. <laughs> don't, don't do like apostle did. <laughs> and your leg gonna fall off but you know she didn't mean that literally but this is what we do we counter react negative with positive with the word of God we do what the word of God tell us to do y'all and I'm gonna tell you when you hold on to that word outside of what somebody else is saying they will see the manifestation and you know what happens they want what you got then they're gonna say I, you know what tell me, tell me about your God because they're seeing it has manifested even in your life. Y'all, there has been things that have gone on in me and my husband's life that I'm, I'm just like this right here. And I thank God for being raised up under a godly grandfather and a godly mother, a grandmother, because that's all I saw with him. You come to granddad and, and, and you get a bad diagnosis and he'll look you dead in the face and say, ain't so. Granddaddy, this is what they said. Tank so. This is what the word says. And I want to tell you, my daddy was um, filling me in the other day. I'm dealing with granddaddy and, and how, you know, when people owe bills or owe something. And by the time they went to talk to granddaddy, he said, you would leave out of there like the bill was paid. And you know it wasn't paid, but you would leave out like the bill was paid. Why? Because granddaddy spoke so much truth that you believe what he was saying and you didn't worry about what was going on. And that's why you have to be around people of truth. You have to be around people that steady speak the word of God outside of your situation. Now, if you are around a person of truth and they're speaking positive and that person turn around and say, well, I, I clear, I'm just hurting. I'm just hurting. Well, what did the word say? By Jesus Christ, you were already healed. Let's speak to that pain. And you speak into that pain, but in their mind, they're saying it ain't going to work. He ain't going to work. Then you look at them and say, that's your problem. God said it is going to work. You saying it ain't going to work. Now, which is it? Seesaw faith. See, that's why you have the gifts of the spirit to even know what a person is thinking, even while you praying for them. And that's when you begin to counter react, even those negative thoughts. I've been around people that look me dead in the face and say, yes, apostle. And I'm saying, uh -uh, you ain't believing a word I'm saying. You're trying to say yes, apostle, but in your mind, you're turning out to be a storyteller. 
because you ain't believing nothing I'm saying to you and I feel it in the spirit yes apostle or when a person is mad and you say now what does the Bible say if you got art against your brother you go to your brother yes apostle and I'm feeling your anger about to explode and you saying yes apostle let me deal with that angry spirit right now no 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 I ain't. no you're lying let's deal with that spirit of error and let's lose some truth let's deal with that spirit of deceit because you're looking me dead in the face and telling me yes but you know you ain't gonna do it see I'm, I'm tired of that y'all that's why you got to come at people come right back at them say wait a minute no you're lying now you speaking with your lips, but your heart is far from what you saying. You're lying. And that's why some people don't like me, y'all. Because I counter-react what you say. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. That's just how it is. Just, let's just cut it. Let's just cut it. And some people, what they'll do, they'll agree with you for you to shut up. Have you ever been around those type people? They'll agree with you for you to shut up and leave them alone. Like, okay, okay. Y'all know how we do with our husband. Okay. Well, I'm going to give y'all another um, scenario with me and my husband. Because we, we like that. Me and my husband don't have no offense. Well, sometimes we try to catch it, but we get rid of it before we catch it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So when I was telling y'all about the accident that almost occurred, but thank God it did not occur. So I, this is my way of describing something. It's different from his way. But when you see something, you will describe it your way, right? And my way was different from his way. So when I told y'all that my husband took the wheel, was about to get in this other lane. When he took the wheel, only thing I can see, there's a lane here. But then there's that wall right there. Y'all know that wall that be right there? I'm in the back seat, so when he took the wheel, I saw the wall, okay? So I'm thinking, we're getting ready to go into this wall. It's verification if he ain't cleaned the window. My handprint was on the window because I was put, evidently trying to push myself away from the wall. But, but I was telling him, I was, I was talking to an apostle, trying to describe it to him, and I was saying we was going into the wall. My husband, we aren't going in no wall. Come on. When you go into a wall, you trying to overcorrect yourself or something. I said, we were going into the wall, man. I'm in the back seat. I know we was going into that wall. So me and him fussing back and forth, and he just kept on, kept on, kept on fussing. And I'm sitting in the back seat like a blowfish. I said, shut up. He said, you told me to shut up. And what did I say? He said, don't tell me to shut up. I said, I just did. <laughs> So, so we get to the restaurant, and he look at Ariel, he say, your mama told me to shut up. And I looked at him, and I said, honey, that was wrong. I'm so, we laughed about it, because I apologized. I said, honey, that was wrong. I said, I should not have told you to shut up. And then I had to put my buddy in it. I said, but you just wouldn't be quiet. But then I apologized again. I said, but. I should not have told you that that was inappropriate. So we apologized. We got over it. So what am I telling you? I was free from that. I didn't have nothing in the background. You know, you know how when you say I'm sorry, but in the background of you, you feeling yourself ran up, but you said you were sorry. You know what I'm talking about? You say you're sorry, but ooh, you, you know you ain't. Because when you truly say you're sorry, you don't have them feelings. It just leave. So me and my husband, it was okay. I ain't have that feeling no more. So what am I telling you? We can't have seesaw faith. Either we're going to stand on what God is saying 
Or we're not going to stand. God ain't going to get mad at you. He's going to still love you even in your mess. But you cannot serve two masters. Either you're going to take God at his word or you're not. And what you need to say is like the man said with his son when they was, um, didn't deliver his son. He said, okay. You know, the disciples said, why couldn't we deliver him? And he said, really, it was because of unbelief. That's why they couldn't do it. But this man said, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. He was honest with God. I do believe you, but there's some unbelief here, and I need help with that unbelief. That's where we have to start, y'all. We have to be honest, and we have to say, God, I heard what you said. But for some reason, there's some unbelief here that's blocking what you're saying. So I need help with that. Where do I get help? Through the word of God. I go in the word of God. I deal with that unbelief. And I say, unbelief, you can't stay here. Because God's word is what it is. Because God is not man that he shall lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? See, Brother Willie's the one that always say, teach it. Teach it. Teach it. That's his verse. Teach it. So he got to remember that verse when things hit him in his life. He got to say, wait a minute. God, you're not man. Because see, if he got Rhema on that, that's the verse he's going to use with confidence. Say, God, you're not man that you should lie. So I'm going to stand on what you're saying outside of how I feel. I'm not going to deny how I feel because I'm feeling tore up right now. But I'm going to go on what your word is saying. Don't deny how you feel. Because you live in a lie. Yes, this is how I feel. I'm angry at this person. Yes, I'm angry. Matter of fact, I'm mad and I'm going into rage. But I'm going to be angry and sin not. Because that's what your words say. Outside of how I feel, I'm going to go on your command. Then I won't have seesaw faith. You know how you have seesaw faith? You're smiling over here in the natural. Just smiling. But you know the Bible say be angry and sin not, but you're smiling your way through it. But then later on you get like a blowfish and you blow up and it comes out and say, you no good nigga. Y'all know what people say, you no good nigga. You dirty old rascal. You know what you done. Because see all of that that you've been suppressing, it's going to come out of you people. That's what we do. We suppress it, but yet we smiling. Then when we get to the end of our rope and got nothing else to hold on to, you get ready to hit them with the best shot. I should have told you this a month and two days ago. I should have. You kept even the time. It was a month, darling. It was two days ago. It was on a Thursday night when my phone rang at 10 o'clock p.m. I should have set you straight then. But now I'm going to tell you how I feel. Because you didn't deal with it. And then you're up here telling me, I'm all right, Apostle. And I'm looking at you like, no, you ain't. I'm all right, Apostle. Then next thing I know, darling, call me. Apostle, I just got a call from Tisha. And Tisha blowed me out. And I'm looking at Tisha and saying, Tisha, didn't you say you was all right? Now you need to get rid of that lying spirit. See soft faith. The enemy know your weakness. He know the areas you fall short in. And what we have to do, we have to go in the word and deal with those areas. And guess what? We have the Holy Spirit to help us talk to the Holy Spirit. 
Tell him you're mad. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Say, I don't feel good. But I know what God's word is saying. I need some help right now, man. Tell him, I need some help. Come on, be my comforter. Come on and give me the strength that I need. And then the Holy Spirit will start giving you what you need because you're coming to him for that help, to help you dealing with this up and down faith that you're having. God wants us to be steady, y'all. He don't want us to keep changing with the weather. How do you become steady? You stay in the word of God. You renew your mind on a daily basis. How do you renew it? By meditating on that word, by chewing on that word every day. And as you chew on that word every day, your mindset begin to change. And as you begin to speak, you're speaking the word of God, the word of life over your situation. Another thing that we won't have seesaw faith. Quit hanging around doubtful people. Quit hanging around people that are not where you are. How can you hang around a sinner that don't even know what the word is saying? Well, that's my friend, apostle. Well, if your friend ain't connecting to who you serving, evidently, you're going to have to lose that and let it go. Because your friend is going to take you to a place where you don't need to be. Either your friend going to draw you to him or you're going to draw them to you. You got to let go of people, even Christian folk. Even Christian folks that are wavering. Even Christian folks that are not believing what you believe in. You got to say, uh-uh. I, I, don't, I don't care to hear that. Not up in here. You got to go. Because that's not what the words say. My grandfather always put you out of his house. You didn't agree. You got to go. You got a home? Go to it. Just as nicely? Go to it. You want that mess in your home? You, you take it there. But as for me in this house... We're going to serve the Lord. So see, you got to separate yourself from people. Another thing, you got to separate yourself from Facebook. Every time on Facebook, people on gurneys, pray for me. Why would you want a bunch of mixed up folk praying for you and everybody on the timeline and you seeing a bunch of people that don't believe in the same God you and you sending out a prayer? You might as well just go ahead and plan your funeral. Why do you want to tell people you're in the hospital anyway? Pastor, what's up? Crazy. Come on, we should be using Facebook for the word and the word only. So if somebody gets sick and they're going down the timeline, they done found a right now ring of word. We don't need no face on Facebook. We just need the word. You don't have to put my face, just put the word. Too many people are in the face. So when they come into the house of God, they got seesaw faith. Because that's who they connected with all day. Some people right in this church connect with Facebook more than you connect with God. You spend more time with Facebook and know what's going on in Facebook more than you know what's going on in the word of God. You know everybody's business. You know what they're doing. You know how to search it out. You know how to find them even when they don't want to be found. Who, who, who I hear this from? Who say this? True that? It's you, Willie. <laughs> See, I done hung on that man long enough to know true that. True that. That's what we're going to do with the word of God. True that. So this is what we're supposed to be doing. Whomever you spend most of your time with, that's whom you're going to serve. That's what you're going to become. But see, if you cut off all of this social media, 
Because everything in social media, y'all, ain't good for you. Because you are a supernatural being. You're supposed to be feeding off the word of God, the word of life. The reason that people do this is because they're rejected. They want to feel a part of something. They want people to see their new look, their new do. They want people to see they're enjoying themselves, and that's a lie. They ain't really enjoying themselves. They want people to think they're enjoying themselves. They want people to know how small they become. They want people to know I ain't lonely no more. I got a man. And they're supposed to be serving Jesus Christ. You don't supposed to be lonely anyway. Look, here go my boo. Boo, boo who? Why I call him boo? What's the definition of boo? Only thing I know about boo is Halloween. This is my boo. What else they call him? Huh? Well, we know honey. I call my husband honey. Bay. What else is it? Who? Who which? Who? Mashorty. What's a mashorty? What in the world is a mashorty? Somebody, what is the definition, young folk, of a mashorty? Shorty. I thought you said a mashorty. Shorty? What's up with shorty? You sure it? Look at all of this stuff people come up with. But they don't know how to call on the name of Jesus. You ask them, who are you? Say, folk. I'm Amanda. Well, who, you, who are you now that you're in Christ? Nobody never told me that. So this is why, y'all, God said, we don't need to have seesaw faith. God said, I'm going to honor my word. My word ain't going to change. He said, but you can take my word and change your situation. So they mumbered, they complained when they come out of Egypt, didn't they? When they didn't have water, that God gave them water. When they didn't have food, God gave them food. After their bellies got filled and that thirst was quenched, they went right back to doing the same thing. And y'all, that's what we do. That's what you call seesaw faith. Well, Lord, as long as you keep it coming, I won't complain. Now, when you stop it, I'm going to complain because I'm missing something. But you being tested, you being tried. This is why for 40 um, days, when you see that in the Bible, that's a time of testing and trial. God will take people through 40 days to see how they're tested and how they tried to see if they're going to still trust him. Because God ain't going to change his mind, y'all. God said, my promise is already there, but you're going to have circumstances to come up to make it look like it's not working. God's word always works outside of us, y'all. And it's time for us to grab hold to that word and quit grabbing hold to things to in the natural more than we grabbing hold to the supernatural because God is not going to change y'all. He loves you just that much. He knows what's best for you. And the last one I'm going to leave with you is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They held on to the promise. They would not worship any other God. They said, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. They still refused to worship any other God. Guess what? God knew their heart. They show, God showed up and he showed out. He was right in the midst of them. He was their protector. They come out not even smelling like smoke. The ones who lit it seven times as hot got consumed. They were coming against God. Oh, you getting ready to blow up right now. Because you coming against God. You coming against God's people. But when they come out, 
those people wanted to serve God because they seen those people standing in spite of what was getting ready to happen in their lives. So God is saying, take the word of God, meditate on that word, hear what the word is saying, not only hear it, but be doers of that word. And as you do that, you will see manifestation in your life. Yes, some of us get tired. We get worn out. But he gave us a scripture for that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He give power to the faint, to them that have no might. He increased strength. What did he say else dealing with um, strength? Anybody know another? Hmm? Okay, he said, my grace is sufficient for me. My strength is made perfect, even in your weakness. So see, when we know what the scripture is saying, we're supposed to stand on the scripture and not on how we feel, y'all. And the more you do that, God gives you that strength to endure. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. So we grab hold to his word and we say, "Uh -uh, I'm going on what God is saying. I'm not going on how I feel. You know how some people say, I'm so tired, I can't even make it another I'm just tired. I'm going to crash right here. But you know that when you're trusting in God, all of a sudden you get some strength that you never had before. Leave this illustration with you. When me and my husband moved into our first house, and I supposed to um, be baptized that Sunday, and it was a Saturday night, we have boxes from the laundry room all the way down to the hall. And that house had um, 1,400 square feet in it, and it was boxes from one end to another. I'm the type, the way I was raised, I can't sit in a house looking like that. I can't stand it. So my husband and them went to bed, and you remember this night. I went through every box, had it put up. My husband woke up, it wasn't a box nowhere. That was the supernatural strength of God, because I made up my mind. I'm not leaving my house like this and going under no water. My house going to be in tip-top shape, and it was. God gave me the strength to endure. But let me give you the other side of the story. Now I was standing on God's word. He was going to be the one to strengthen me. Got there to get baptized and they tried to freeze me. See what I'm saying? See, the enemy was waiting for me right there in the house of God. Cold winter. They had cold water in that pool. And then had another lady that didn't like me, her and the daughter fighting over the towel. Then had the pastor. I was wondering why he was in the pool. I'm like, why are you rushing me? I'm coming. Got in that pool. I said, I know why. So we waiting on the pastor to preach. He said, I couldn't come out because my toes was froze. And I had to heat them, trying to unthaw my toes. They knew what they were doing. They didn't only get me, they got the pastor too. But guess what? They were expecting me not to get baptized. Y'all. I went home, changed my clothes, and enjoyed Sunday service. So what am I telling you? When you got a made-up mind and you trust in God, and guess what? Didn't get sick. When you trust in God and you standing on his word, the Bible said no weapon formed against you. It will form. But the Bible say it shall not prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Why? Because you got power over that. You have to retract what the enemy is trying to do. I'm saying trying. Because he only do it if we allow it. He only um, allow, well, you allow him 
to allow you to speak against your brother and sister. Because if we're in the word like we're supposed to be, we say, wait a minute. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I know Sister Deborah better than that. I don't receive that. Well, I'm telling you, Apostle, so I don't receive it. Because I know who she is. You might have seen her, but I know who she is. She's a mighty woman of God. So even though they saw her do it, I'm retracting it because this is where God want her to be. So let's stop having seesaw faith. And let's take the word of God for what it is. And let's do what the word says. And God will send you people to help you stand when you feel like you can't stand no more. But he will not send people that don't know how to stand themselves. Y'all, we need to quit playing in church. We need to quit being hypocrites. One minute we're saying God can. The next minute when something happened in our life, I know what I told him, but do you see what I'm going through? It's easy for you to say, you ain't going through what I'm going through. You can say God can heal, but that pain ain't hitting you in your behind. Like it's hitting me in my behind. <laughs> Y'all, that's what people say. That's what people say. I'm just being honest. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. It ain't hitting you the way it's hitting me. You can say be healed and be made whole, but I'm hurt right now. Bring me that medicine. Bring me that Tylenol. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Let's be real, folks. Telling me to love him. If he loved me, he wouldn't have been with that woman last night. How can you tell me to love him? Because I'm telling you what the word, I don't want to hear no word right now. I want to kick his everlasting behind. I'm just making it real. Because this is what's happening in the church. Let me whoop it first, Sister Denise. Then we'll talk Jesus later. It's what we do in the church. Let's keep it real. Let me get over this. Then I'll be back to church. Because I got some business to tend to. I mean, some real business. Because if I catch him over there, just plan the funeral. Manny, you preach it. <laughs> come on, come on. You, you get so angry, this is what you're doing. You, you're planning out everything, the colors and everything. This is for real. Then after we come to ourselves, Lord, what have I done? I tried to shoot him, but I missed him. I did it. Because <laughs> you done shot. Now you come to yourself, you say, I'm going to jail. <laughs> and then you see yourself in the cell. Y'all know what I mean once the devil get through with you? That's the end of that. Then you're begging him, don't press charges. And then he said, I'm calling the cops. I should have shot you dead. <laughs> then you couldn't call nobody. <laughs> Come on, y'all. We being real in the house of God. Church folks, Jennifer. Church folks. When my daddy said, I'll call you long distance and curse you out, but I done change. <laughs> Come on, you hear some of the stuff. But people know you change. Because you ain't doing the same thing you used to do. And even though they get on your nerves, you still standing on what the word is saying. That's what change other people through you. You don't do things like you used to do no more. 
So allow this teaching on seesaw faith up and down, wavering. Go back in the word of God and say, God, help me through the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to stand through whatever given situation that come. Help me to stand. Doing all, Lord, help me to stand. Because guess what, y'all? Go back and read. God never left them Israelites. Never. They messed up. They talked, but he, he wanted to blow them up, though. But thank God for Moses reminding him what he said. So I'm telling y'all, God will never leave you, nor forsake you, because his word is what it is. God done done everything, y'all. It's already written. He's not going back. Everything has already been written. It's been fulfilled. So everything we're going through now was already written. It's already there. So he already have a plan. Let's get to know the plan he has through his word. Come on and give your neighbor a hand clap of praise. I was trying to say a high, high five for your neighbor, but let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't he awesome? Doesn't he know what we need? 